Um, Australia Day, celebrated by Colonial Australia as of 1994, is for all First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples a day of mourning. Invasion Day, as it is more aptly named, is an incredibly painful reminder into our country's grotesque history. As the day draws closer, Marianne, can you take us a little deeper into how painful the continued celebration of Australia Day means for Aboriginal people and why it's so imperative that the date needs to change? Well, yeah, so um, it's not just about changing the date, you know, like it's, you know, we have a country that's been invaded it was taken without permission. There was no treaty, you know, which was what was needed under international law. Australia, the British government at the time, and each successive government used the notion of terra nullius to, think, to say that the land was unoccupied and that there was no people here. And that's how they managed, you know, like to worm their way into, you know, all the Aboriginal cultures straight across this country. And Mabo overturned that that whole notion back in the early 90s. And yet the government have done nothing to put any reparations in place or try and work with, you know, all the First Nation peoples around the country to organise a treaty and, and bring us together, you know, as a nation. So what's really frustrating is a lot of our people are still suffering with deaths in custody. The stolen generation is still on with children being removed at a high rate with little family support put in place. Our kids are incarcerated, you know, from a young age, which is below, which is actually below the international standard. And when I say below, our, our governments are locking kids up as young as 10 years old who have no capacity or understanding of the law to be criminally responsible. You know, we've got men and women dying in the prisons. You know, we've got suicide rate at the highest it's ever been. And a lot of the social justice issues and the trauma that our people are suffering from today is a direct, in, you know, result of the invasion. And this is what, you know, a lot of Australians don't understand and the government because it's not just about the fact that we don't want people to celebrate Australia Day. We want people to come together and help us fight this government and work with this government to create a better understanding of what that day means and to also implement a treaty before the voice. They carry on about the the voice and the referendum and things like that, Um, the voice to parliament, and a lot of our people don't even understand what the voice means. And in a nutshell, it's just another um, another advisory committee to tell the government, this is what we want, this is what you aren't doing, this is what is happening, and there's no mandatory basis to it. The government don't have to listen, and we already have national bodies that speak to government. We need to have a treaty put in place, and once that's worked on with all the different nations around the country, all the different First Nation peoples around the country, then we can finally have a day where we can celebrate together, you know? It speaks volumes, um, also the lack of education around it in schools, particularly myself with my children. I know that if I were not to inform them, they simply think it's a day of fun and it has no history and very little representation um, for Aboriginal people and what they want on their land. Yeah, exactly. There's no involvement 
with our people to actually put together an education curriculum that tells the truth. This country, you know, the governments are good at, you know, tokenism and symbolism, but they're not good at truth-telling. And this is one of the things that Lydia Thorpe fights for in the Senate, you know, on a national level, is the fact that there is no truth-telling in this country. White Australia has a black history and it can't run from it. And this is why we call on all our non-Aboriginal supporters to work with us in partnership to be able to strengthen that level of education and better that understanding so that people actually understand where we're coming from and the trauma that's been inflicted from a genocidal system that was created to wipe our people out. But we've survived. And this is why right across the country you'll have people call it a day of mourning because of that genocide, which is an ongoing war. But also you have others that will say it's a survival day because we've survived. Our existence has has continued even though we've been under a, a genocidal war since the invasion. But then you've also got Invasion Day because it, our, all of our lands were invaded and they weren't settled as the Australian government wants to, you know, put forward all the time. And <clears throat> the state and territory governments, we have an ongoing invasion, an ongoing genocidal war, and nothing is going to get better for our people if our voices, you know, at a ground level and a community level are simply ignored for tokenistic policies like the voice to parliament and the statement of the heart. Very true. As you mentioned before, it does go beyond the date itself. Um, However, due to the Albanese government still failing to act on any kind of consideration of changing the date, uh, universities and workplaces are now allowing staff to choose to not recognise January 26. Uh, do you think that this is a step in the right direction or do you think it's more um, tokenistic or performist? I think it's a bit of both, um, you know, because there are a lot of tokenistic gestures because action isn't actually taken. But then on the other hand, it's also a good thing that can better the discussion because by giving people that option, it creates conversation. And then creating that conversation educates people, you know, on a wider level than it, it would if if universities and things like that didn't take action like that. So I think it's a, it's a bit of both, you know. So I think it just depends on the individuals and the organisations actually using that action to create a better understanding and educating themselves, but also working with Aboriginal people to see what it is at a community level that we actually want and need for that day and for the future, you know, of our existence in this country. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You and Megan have organised this year's rally in Forest Place. Uh, Who will be your speakers this year? And do you feel that there's been any shift in support from previous years that you have organised the rally from not only the speakers and people who are wishing to be involved, but perhaps the local or state government? Yeah, we've had so much support. Like even the city of Perth, you know, and the police um, have just been like awesome. So when we first marched, like over a decade ago, there was about 20 of us. And as each year went by, you know, like we were persecuted by police. You'd have the mounted police trying to run us off the road. We didn't get permits because we felt like, no, 
um, this is our country. We don't need to ask for permission to march and, and to raise that public awareness of what this day means. And over the years, <clears throat> it's just grown and grown now to where, you know, you have thousands of people flocking to Forest Place. You have people creating discussion like everywhere. Um, the City of Perth and the West Australian Police work with us, you know, to create this day and are always very supportive and the level of communication has just grown. And to see so many non-Aboriginal people, you know, coming to support and actually understanding and engaging in, in conversation um, and spreading the word has just been deadly. Um, that level of respect is just growing and growing, you know. And we don't want people to feel ashamed of being Australian, you know, like because we do live in a lucky country, but the... At the end of the day, um, we just want people to have that level of understanding of where we're coming from. And it has grown, and the respect is just deadly. Like, it makes me proud when I walk into Forest Place and I just see all that support, and when we're marching and non-Aboriginal people are chanting with us, you know, and people are stopping on the streets and they're listening to what we're saying. You know, they're joining in the rally as we're walking along. We get a lot more non-Aboriginal people attending the survival concert, you know, down at Supreme Court Gardens after the rally. So, and just actually, you know, mixing with Aboriginal people and talking and yarning and just hanging out. Um, and then so what we've got this year, we've tried to encourage more young people um, to stand up and have their voices heard. So we've got, you know, young Noongars like Tiana Wynn and Alex Merendino, you know, like we've got the young ones from Break the Cycle, the human rights, you know, they're fighting against um, human rights violations and what's going on in Banksy Hills. So we've got Angel Rowan and, and Rosa Hicks. We've also got deadly elder Uncle Warren Yorkshire. Um, he'll be leading the speeches. We've also got sister girl Lacey Harrison, um, who is also a deadly Aboriginal woman, um, and her story, like, she's got so much to share, you know, like, with the public. Um, we've got chair of the Deaths in Custody Watch Committee, Des Blurton, like, deadly Noongar man. And we've also got Petrina Harley from the Socialist Alliance who fights, you know, like, it takes drastic action on the ground to protect sacred sites, you know, from mining companies and, and other forms of destruction. So... Um, you know, we've got a great list of speakers and we've also got performances by Noongar artists. We've got Johnny Ford, we've got Natasha Eldridge, we've got Billy Naria, um, Pipeline, um, which are a deadly band. Um, we've also got the mob coming in with the drums, you know, some Wadula people, non-Aboriginal people for the march. And we've also got Ash Penfold and the boys that'll do some cultural performances before we have the speakers. Amazing. Uh, can you let us know all the details of the rally, what time it's starting, where people should meet um, and how to find out any more information to show support and solidarity? Yes, yeah, so the gathering will go from 12 to 2 in Forest Place um, in Perth. So we say Broolu, but it's Perth um, under the Western system. So that'll be 12 o'clock. So that's just in the city. Um, and then we'll march from 2 o'clock and we'll march around the city to end up down at the Birak Festival um, down on the foreshore. So and everyone's welcome to attend the, 
the Berak Festival too. So they have a lot of stores and um, Aboriginal artists and speakers and the elders' tent. You know, people want to go up and yarn with the elders. So it'll be a good day. Yeah, it definitely is. I know last yeah. year my children had an amazing time at the festival post-March. Um, it was so inclusive and fun. So you definitely make an amazing event that is so important. Thanks so much for chatting with me, Marianne. Yeah, no worries. And just make sure your kids have a change of clothes because they, yeah, they get very wet. <laughs> the water slides and yeah, they come running back saturated. <laughs> yeah, definitely.